Welcome to a special edition of Heavy Decibel Operations. This is Keith O'Brien, and I am joined by no one, uh, and I'll get into why that is in a few seconds. I, the, this episode is going to be talking about the FX on Hulu show Devs, and I'm recording this uh, pretty much a few minutes before I sit down and watch the season finale of the first season of Devs. And I'm recording this late at night. The peculiarity of a show being on FX on Hulu means my understanding is it's not actually on FX. You don't actually have the opportunity to go to the television channel FX and watch and therefore uh, each episode debuts Thursday and that means if you are desperate enough like I am you can wait until the clock strikes 12 o'clock and Wednesday turns to Thursday and at voila, the episode should be there. So I'm going to talk a bit about where the show um, currently is before viewing the last episode. Um, this is a sci-fi series, therefore uh, a lot has been building to the season finale and much of it uh, could be misdirection. Uh, much of it could leave itself unexplained. There's no, uh, there's no news as far as I can tell on whether they're going to do another season or not. Uh, I don't know how well it's performed, so I don't know if there's a financial uh, reason for doing uh, another season. Um, but I'm going to get a bit into what the show's about, uh, not so not spend too much time on that because if you haven't decided to <laughs> stop listening to this, you probably have been watching the show. Uh, I will say now that um, there's obvious spoiler warnings for devs itself, but uh, I talk a bit about tangentially about Lost and Twin Peaks. So if you have been waiting for a pandemic to binge watch either of those and you have yet to do so, you should probably not listen to this episode. So um, the reason why I bring up Lost and Twin Peaks, Lost specifically, if you happen to watch that show, if you remember a few years back, it's become kind of a shorthand uh, for the pit in the stomach anyone has for a show that um, more often than not deals with science fiction that uh, you become invested in and post-lost it is now uh, if not at the top of your mind, somewhere in the background, a, a real fear that they, the, the creators of the show you're watching 
are not exactly certain on how to tie up plot points on where it's going. Um, you can read articles from the creators of Lost, um, you know, uh, one of which is J.J. Abrams, I believe. Um, let's see, yes, he created it, and uh, Damon Lindelof, Lindelof uh, who bears the brunt, I think, of the disappointment in where the series ended up because I believe J.J. Abrams and the other creator had left by then and Carlton Cruz uh, and Lindelof were the showrunners and head writers throughout the the uh, the latter stages of the series uh, suffice to say that Lost did not finish in a way that made people feel uh, that they're I mean I'll come out and say it a lot of people felt the ending was very bad and regretted emotionally investing in the show uh, because it felt like they started telling a story and then were blindsided by their success and had to keep it going for a number of years and kept introducing new elements that ramped up the tension or the drama but introduced complexities that they failed to wrap up at the series end. So uh, that's important for this conversation uh, because I am going into this last episode in a post-loss world uh, with a heavy bit of concern that it's just not going to tie together. And again, not knowing if they're going to do multiple seasons but as I will briefly get into the uh, the way the show has been paced in season one there's an expectation that you're gonna get at least uh, a good healthy piece of exactly what it is they're doing there before I get into what the there is there um, I contrast lost with uh, a show like Twin Peaks where you get the feeling uh, that, first of all, you know, Twin Peaks, if you watch the first two seasons and then the Showtime uh, revival, uh, that does not tie up in any credible uh, consideration. But you also get the sense that it was never meant to and you don't have an expectation that David Lynch is going to give you anything linear uh, or rewarding or um, conclusive. And so I certainly know that going into Twin Peaks, uh, the return, that I didn't expect any conclusive ending and also, I feel there's a divide between sci-fi or, let's say, extraordinary storytelling where 
the weirdness is a main draw of it, which I would say is true in a David Lynch uh, helmed piece of entertainment. Whereas um, in Lost, you know, you weren't really tuning in week after week to really live in the margins of the interaction of the people. I personally found many of the characters to be incredibly annoying, but I did get hooked in this idea that something supernatural happened and you were going to be told exactly what it was that happened. Um, so I'll talk a bit about the show. Um, I have not, I've read a lot about um, people's theories. I've not particularly formulated or spent a lot of time formulating what I think is going to happen. I have one idea which I'll share at the end. Um, so the writer, director, showrunner is Alex Garland, who, um, quick bio on him, he authored The Beach, which turned into a Moby-scored Leo DiCap uh, vehicle, um, with it, which is the book itself I read before seeing the movie. Uh, great book, movie, eh, but worth rewatching to see a young Tilda Swinton. Uh, and then he wrote something called The Tesseract, which I vividly remember reading um, and really enjoying. And it was kind of uh, Garland's first dip into the supernatural sci-fi, uh, creating worlds with rules that are not yet achievable in, in the world in which we know it, however you want to frame that. Uh, and then he got into screenwriting. He wrote the screenplay for a number of films, 28 Days Later uh, and uh, Dread, uh, the Dread reboot, uh, another movie, Sunshine, which uh, I've yet to see, but has uh, shown up in a number of movies you should watch during the quarantine um, list that have popped up. Uh, basically every screenplay he wrote is kind of accepted as an interesting addition to modern entertainment. Uh, but where he really excelled is the first two movies, the only two movies as of yet that he uh, wrote and directed Ex Machina or Ex Machina, however you want to pronounce it, and Annihilation. Two um, heavy sci-fi movies um, where the acting is great, the characters are great, the sci-fi is compelling, and the uh, conclusions are either you know, ambiguous, but for good reason, or, um, you know, you understand what happens at the end of Ex Machina and Annihilation, and I didn't give spoiler warnings for those, and it's not really that germane to the conversation, but no one I know is mad at either of those endings. So I should have some bit of confidence that he will stick this landing. And I will say, even though he's only had two movies, 
Um, a question I just posed to Twitter. Uh, probably too late to get any uh, significant responses. Maybe I'll re-up it tomorrow. Um, but he is definitely in a small uh, cohort of directors whose new projects uh, I will line up to see no questions asked regardless of the concept even if it feels like a concept that in a vacuum I'm not that interested in so he's one uh, Dennis Denise Dennis Villeneuve who is uh, doing the new Dune uh, Jordan Peele Shane Carruth who uh, like Garland has only done two movies but um, Primer time travel movie and uh, Upstream Colors uh, could not tell you what that movie's about but it's fascinating nonetheless and Christopher Nolan are um, five that I just thought of that uh, next movie they come up with come out with and uh, Shane and Jordan and Alex right now there isn't a clearly defined next one but when it's announced uh, and if there are movie theaters to go to I will um, line up to watch it so the plot of devs revolves around a number of things and certainly uh, is likely to contain a number of potential fake outs uh, Nick Offerman plays against type as the founder of a quantum computing company who is bereft at the loss of his daughter um, who's named Amaya and that is the name of the company as well and um, he's either he's obsessed with her and her death and we learn in a later episode that he blames himself for her death because he was talking he demanded to talk on the phone with his wife as his wife was driving and she ran a red light or um, she got into an accident let's say um, and so what we're kind of led to believe is he is either obsessed with um, proving that he was not responsible for her death uh, absolving himself of his guilt or you know in more far-fetched uh, interpretations that the end goal is actually to bring her back to life or to create a reality where she is still alive. Uh, the MacGuffin, and MacGuffin is basically a plot device that is not incredibly important to the overall story but kind of kicks things off, is that a Russian developer who works for Amaya um, is invited into the top secret division of the company called Devs um, and uh, upon joining Devs is so shocked by what they're working on he immediately vomits uh, upon learning that true mission and uh, quickly thereafter attempts to steal the secrets of it and then is killed by the security uh, head of, of Amaya and then Lily uh, his boyfriend tries to figure out what really happened to him which drives kind of the 
quote unquote action uh, based plot points. But uh, as we learn later in the show, and again, if you haven't stopped listening, I am basically going to give you some plot points that lead up to the final episode. And uh, I forget if I mentioned it at the onset, I plan to record a bit at the end after watching. Um, so <laughs> before I go any further, just a casual reminder again, uh, you should not be listening to this if you have not watched devs and plan to at some point in time. Um, we learned that the whole thing is kind of a met, almost meta device to get Lily, the girlfriend of the murdered Russian uh, developer, to come to devs, uh, the physical location where their work is being done um, for a confrontation, which should play out in the episode I'm about to watch. Um, what the overarching, I'd say, concept is that Devs is building uh, the most powerful quantum computer in the world uh, where it is able to recreate with uh, vivid uh, visual and audio the entire known the entire history of humankind so they're able to recreate cavemen and women uh, they're able to recreate in some of the scenes that they come up with which um, I feel like is just you know either random or designed to drive reddit communities crazy with uh, speculation Marilyn Monroe having sex with Arthur Miller. Um, uh, Jesus on the cross. So those two things combined together. Uh, and um, Joan of Arc being burned at the, the stake. Um, so a lot of historical elements to demonstrate that they are able to look into the past and so uh, you can guess that Nick Offerman's character uses it to see uh, memories of his daughter and um, where in the middle of the season it gets into this concept that uh, we're in a multiverse so the only way they were able to get those vivid pictures was to accept that it's a multiverse and to change the equation that they're using. And, and certainly um, there's some bit of hand-waving here. Uh, if you are curious, you can read. Um, I don't think this show was on the you know, must watch a list of a lot of quantum computer experts. So there's plenty of articles of people asking said experts to watch the show and kind of render the, the uh, scientific likelihood or accuracy. And what they get at is the computer they use looks like a quantum computer 
there's theorems that they throw around in talking about the multiverse that are theorems that are thrown around in our scientific community as possible scenarios. Um, and I've actually, the show has spurred me to uh, take some free classes on quantum computing. It's, it's always been a topic that I've been curious to uh, at least be conversational in. And um, there is some credence to this idea that where a quantum computer uh, leaves a traditional computer, even a supercomputer in the dust is it's able to um, test out multiple scenarios, um, not exactly at the same time, but there's a great illustration that I'm not going to do justice to explain how it works, but how a quantum computer solves a maze. If you Google that, you can see just in, you know, a small rendering of the maze um, that it explores multiple options as soon as it's given a choice it kind of it can go um another great example sorry to interrupt myself but if you were to send a a standard bit um, of information through two slits uh in a piece of paper or in a i forget what they use as a physical object it can only go through one or the other but uh, a quantum, uh, a qubit can actually go through both. It almost, and again, I'm not going to scientifically describe this correctly, but it, it's almost as if it splits in itself into two and can go, can be in two places at the same time. And so I think the overall scientific uh, community's approach to the plot is that they've taken some foundational elements of what quantum computing can do and uh, grafted onto it a, a fantastical um, scenario in which it can pull in images from multiverses to create a crystal clear picture of the past. But that's not really what they're after. Um, the concept that has been uh, kind of introduced early into the season and is one of the things that could be a fake out is um, Nick Offerman's character is attempting to prove that we live in a deterministic uh, world where his daughter was always going to die and die in that very instant and he couldn't do anything but insist that his wife speak on that phone and so that's kind of that's the straightforward thing they're building towards is that something's going to happen where in this episode I'm about to watch that they are going to demonstrate that it's in a they live in a deterministic society and, or were governed by determinism and Nick Offerman can finally have relief that nothing would happen, nothing could happen but his daughter dying in that very moment. 
that's a little too straightforward and I put straightforward in air quotes because obviously that's that would you know if that were to be proven in today's you know in the real world in the world in which I'm recording this podcast obviously everything would catastrophically and cataclysmically change overnight um, but the fact that that's been the uh, the sort of overriding motivation of the show leads one to believe leads people who for whom this is not their first radio to believe that something else is afoot um, there are people that believe that his uh, first in command who is a young woman he recruited out of college um, who is seemingly the architect of the computer the quantum computer and the program has other ideas in mind and that's certainly plausible uh, but her hand has not been shown so uh, it could be anything and that would lead you to believe that it's certainly a good direction to take the last episode of this season at least uh, I'm more aligned with the idea and I'll be <laughs> very uh, careful to be uh, to express extreme humility here um, and to say to say categorically that um, this is an idea that I've had in my head that I'm not accusing anyone of taking it certainly not devs or Alex, Gar Alex Garland but it's an idea that I've toyed around in my head for a piece of fiction that um, kind of breaks my brain because I can't figure it out how it would actually work but um, and again this is could be this is just a theory that uh, some people have and that I've sort of been following along believing would be uh, produced in this episode or at some point in time that um they are either proving or will find out that they're in a simulation and that there's a infinite, seemingly infinite cascade hierarchy of simulations and that um, the computer that they're um, seemingly able to predict the future and see the past is actually a simulation below them. And um, one thing that's worth mentioning is the sort of cliffhanger of the last episode is that the reason why they are engineering to get Lily to come to Debs is um, because they have seen her being there. So uh, again, you're led to believe that they believe in determinism. So they believe she needs to be there, but also they can't see the future beyond her appearance there. So it's an idea that she is 
triggering something cataclysmic to the model, which should be able to see further into the future. And so the concept is that, um, you know, each cascading simulation is creating a simulation of themselves. And so uh, there's, you know, simulation theory can coexist with the multiverse theory in that, you know, there are guiding arcs for uh, all of those worlds, but minor variances of like in one of those trillion, trillion, you know, uh, quadrillion worlds, I have brown hair instead of red hair, but the main thrusts remain the same. And the idea that if in the simulation or in what Debs is seeing, something cataclysmic is happening to the simulation or their ability to see into the future, if you buy that it's a simulation, that something they're doing something cataclysmic to that simulation and, and therefore it's extremely likely that the simulation above the storyline in which this takes place will do the same thing to them. So it could be a world-ending event that um, they both believe has to happen, but potentially, you know, what you're led to believe because they believe in determinism that they think it's got to happen, um, but there's probably also in the back of their minds or you're led to believe in the back of their minds a belief that they can stop it because by stopping it they stop the world as they know from end. Um, so I'm going to pause here and watch the episode. I will say that where there's a lot of me saying well this is what this is what's been telegraphed and this is what is unknown to me that means that they've done a good job of having cohesion throughout the series so you can sort of see the motivations of all the characters that it's seemingly linear but there's enough hidden behind you know their minds that you can believe anything will happen in this episode and say oh i never understood the true motivation of that character so um who knows i may uh, after a five second pause, come back on, which will obviously be, you know, at least an hour of time, maybe an hour and 30 minutes after I uh, read what Reddit has to say. But uh, an expectation that I'll come back and at the very least say, okay, um, if it wasn't a lost situation, I understand what they were doing. We'll talk a little bit about it and then I'll let you go about your way. Thanks for listening so far, and I will appear back on in a mere seconds, even though it's uh, in our world going to be a couple hours later. Hello. So after that brief pause, I have watched the final episode of Debs, and I <laughs> need to process what happened. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a ending completely out of the blue. It 
wasn't exactly, it didn't go exactly as some other people have theorized, but it had shades of some of the various concepts that people have been talking about. It works, kind of. There's some quibbles. Uh, I'll probably have to digest it for a good amount of time before I kind of come back and discuss it, but um, I would say it falls very much into the realm of a endorsement, um, meaning that upon watching the whole first season, again, be weird if you were listening to this um, and made it all the way through and had not seen it yet but wanted to, so I don't know why I'm recommending it to people listening that have already watched it, uh, but I probably wanted it to go in a different direction, but that's the case with every fictional program you consume, but I, I think what they did was fine, maybe good, maybe great as I sleep on it. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this. Um, as you might have been able to tell listening to a previous podcast, the, the various panelists and myself have a strong interest in various forms of culture, and as we're moved to do so, we'll uh, do special episodes around pivotal moments in, in those uh, pieces of entertainment that are especially important to us or, or that we're compelled to, to discuss either with each other or solo as I've done here. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you.